I don't know where I heard this, but I think it might have been um, uh, a Kundalini teacher who said that no one can own breath. It's a public commodity that we all have. And I think that's such a cool thing when you think about the freedom of the practice. We're leading towards liberation and freedom. And when we find that moksha, we're really purifying, bless you, we're really purifying the blood in your heart. And we're working to create um, oxygen. Your breath shows you that there's beauty inside and out. And every day we breathe automatically without even thinking. We might be sleeping, running, daydreaming. We're breathing through your nose, through your mouth, and especially through your skin, right? It's the largest place to breathe, and that's a fun thing to teach kids. Our breath offers us power and energy to live, but remember that we get to choose what's in between the first breath we take and the last breath we take. We really know how to breathe all the time, but what we're teaching ourselves, when we're, especially when working with kids, is we're trying to be a more efficient machine. And our breath, just like our emotional intelligence, our breath is a great way to see how we feel inside. Whether we're happy, we're anxious, or we're kind of like um, uh, in an icky mood, or if we're having a fantastic day, it's going to be expressed in the way that we breathe. When we teach breathing to kids, I like to think of when we're breathing, we're doing nothing, right? So you could teach a kid that when you're breathing, you're doing a nothing pose. And I hate when we always say, like, relax. We just need to really figure out how to say be, right? Breathing, just like mindful meditation, is a time in. Uh, one of the fun things to think about is a story of the Upanishads, which is in some CDs that Superstretch has that tells the story of the breath, but I want to tell it to you right now. Uh, the Upanishads are an ancient Indian text on page 38 that's over 2,500 years old that demonstrates the importance of breathing. <clears throat> There once was a dispute between the eyes, the ears, speech, and mind, and the breath, as to who was the most important. So to find out which one was the greatest, they each decided to take a year off from working. First the tongue went off, <coughs> leaving the body without speech for a year. And the eyes were next, leaving the body blind for a year. The ears were off next, leaving the body deaf for a year. And when the ears returned, the mind left, leaving the body a simpleton for a year. The breath's turn was next to leave the body. And when it departed, the tongue lost its power of speech. The eyes lost their power to see. The ears lost their ability to hear and the mind lost its intelligence. Come back, come back, they cried to the breath, for you are the greatest among us. And the breath returned, and the body became whole again. And our ultimate goal, as we exchange old air for new, and we massage our heart and our internal organs, is really to help us 
to be present and to find optimal alignment. So if we're not breathing, then we're just kind of like, we might be present, but we're not with the gift of presence, you know? So when we teach kids how to breathe and we do all this fun state stuff, we're allowing ourselves to uh, find the moksha, the liberation. If you turn to page 39, when we find this beauty within and without, we offer ourselves the prana. And our diaphragm is the key to help us to breathe. It's a blanket over our organs. I love to teach kids that our diaphragm, like we have this magic little trampoline within ourselves. And we're just kind of allowing our trampoline to massage everything. We create peristalsis. We massage our hearts. We massage our um, internal organs. And the diaphragm is attached to your T12, so your thoracic cavity. So it activates your central nervous system. And it plays such a major role. When we exhale and we do the diaphragmatic breathing, you can call or teach it to kids as tummy breathing. So you're inhaling belly, lungs, and ribs, exhaling ribs, lungs, and belly. And in turn, we're getting our life force energy to work properly, so we soothe our mind and help our body get into um, and combat and overcome complex situations. It helps us to focus. It helps us with, when we focus with concentration. What I think is interesting is when we learn to trust ourselves, we help with peer pressure. So on page 40, we did some fun little exercises when we've been playing around together, blowing up a balloon. We've asked, like, when we did our breathing chain, what the breathe, breath feels like, what does it sound like. Um, we did um, feathers, passing feathers. We did the straw and cotton ball. What I'd like to focus on right now is if I can find some Kleenex, we can practice breathing with a Kleenex. And that is a great way to teach a kid uh, how to see the power of the breath. When you turn to page 41, breath is the fourth stage of our eight limb practice. And there are three important moves when we're creating and receiving the breath. We inhale, we exhale, and we retain. When we inhale, we're bringing in the, the, the oxygen, and when we exhale, it's that letting go and the dying off process. So I'll pass around a Kleenex to everybody. Take one and pass around. And then we'll talk about this amazing breathing and kind of show a little bit more about it. What I think is interesting is, according to Iyengar, we take over 21,600 breaths a day. And yogis measure our life not by the number of days, but by the number of breaths. So when we're breathing or use pranayama, we're lengthening our longevity. And we're also teaching kids positive psychology. Like you can use affirmations. I am strong. Inhale, exhale. I am powerful. Inhale, exhale. I am calm. Inhale, exhale. 
We are really doing amazing things when we breathe and do this belly breathing. Breathing belly, lungs, and ribs. Ribs, lungs, and belly. A lot of times the healing benefits and the recuperative powers are amazing. We talk about like um, people suffering from anxiety, ADD, ADHD, asthma, diabetes, PTSD. But we're altering our state of mind when we balance our nervous system. When we're stressed, we typically breathe too rapidly, right? But when we allow ourselves to slow and make our breathing regulate, it engages what scientists call the par uh, and scientists call the parasympathetic nervous system, and that calms and soothes us. So if you have a kid or an adult who doesn't know that they're acidic because their acid alkaline balance is um, upset, what happens is we get a buildup of oxygen in the bloodstream and it decreases the carbon dioxide. So it's called respiratory alkalosis, but it can result in muscle twitching, nausea, irritability, lightheadedness, confusion, depression, fear, anxiety. I don't know, anybody not ever feel those states, <laughs> right? This tense, shallow, and erratic um, activates the sympathetic nervous system where we go into a fight or flight. When we breathe in and out through the nostrils, we affect our hormones in our body called serotonin. So this is the happy hormone where like you're eating chocolate or you're having a glass of wine or you're having the SEX or you're um, doing things that really send positivity through your systems. And it's why people self-medicate. When we're freaked out and anxious, we sometimes hyperventilate and we sometimes go right into fight or flight or our animal reptilian brain, and we don't allow ourselves to uh, get into higher states of consciousness because all we're doing is fight, flight, or freeze. So when we slow the breathing, we raise the carbon dioxide level in the body, nudge the pH level back to a less alkaline state, and as the body changes, the parasympathetic nervous system calms us in a variety of ways including allowing that wandering nerve, your vagus nerve, to secrete, and I'm not going to pronounce this right, uh, as, anybody, anybody, acetylcholine, which is a substance that, substance that lowers the heart rate. Ta-da! Whew, thanks for the help with that big word. <laughs> So we So we have our little Kleenex, and what we're going to do is hold it like a hand's width away from the face. We can also hold just a hand, or you can say, like, be, have a kid be in front of a mirror. But what I like about the Kleenex is that it actually shows mouth breathing versus nose breathing. So inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth and make the curtain move, which is your Kleenex. Inhale through the nose, exhale, make the nose blow the curtain. It's harder, right? So we're gonna try it three times. I'll just cue inhale and exhale. So inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose. 
Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. Okay, let's discuss. What did it feel like to breathe through your nose versus through your mouth? More difficult, like you had to concentrate on it more. Right, more difficult to move the curtain or your Kleenex. What did it feel like for your body? Right, so you're engaging what yogis call the bandhas. You are using the diaphragm more. Yep, the core. It's more forceful, right? You had to really like push. Did you feel more uh, like a thorough, deep diaphragmatic breath made you feel calmer? It's more disciplined. It's like when you open mouth, exhale, kind of Right, more disciplined. Yep. So when we're breathing that way, we're really creating uh, um, more of a sense of tapping into that force, that prana, that life force energy. So we have all kinds of different ways that we can teach kids to breathe this way. And I gave you a list of fun stuff to do that is in here. And I thought we could kind of play around with some animal noises. So. Let's breathe like a bunny. And what does breathing in and out through the nose like a bunny sound like? Sniffing, Sniffing yeah, but it's breath of fire. So if you sniff like a bunny, you're energizing your body. We did the bee a while ago where we breathed into a spot in our body where we had pain and we felt uncomfortable. When we breathe like a bee, it helps us to release anxiety and it allows you to focus on an area that's challenging. How about if we pant like a puppy? What did you feel like you were doing? Other than sneezing. <laughs> or just exhaling. Right? Focusing on really exhaling. Um, what if we do hissing like a snake? That's very kid-like and fun. So when you're up dog, you could do a snake. And then just like bee breath, it helps you to really release. You could also do like... Um, uh, the um, whale breath, where you're like a whale and you're going, <clears throat> making a funny whale noise. Maybe in dolphin pose, where you're teaching dolphin, <clears throat> you could practice doing um, some funny uh, different uh, moves with the dolphin, uh, <clears throat> dolphin movement but then you actually make a noise so it's more expressive when you have your little dolphin fin as a kid. We also practiced uh, yesterday howling like a wolf. Ow! So you're really getting things off your chest, almost like Tarzan where you're beating your chest. Uh, today we did one potato too and we were doing um, Mrs. N, the toothy crocodile. One potato too is a great way to do a breathing exercise. 
say you're at school and you have the kids at a desk and you do one potato two and you put your forehead there, then you're just fogging up the table or desk. Um, I think yesterday we did where we practiced blowing out candles and you held your hand like a candle and you blew out each finger, right? And that's your exhale, really teaching that forceful release of toxins from your body. Another one was where you did the hand tracing, give me five, where you inhaled up the mountain and exhaled down the mountain. So it's cooling and heating your body. There's so many different ways to release the vagus nerve, like roaring like a lion. We did that yesterday where we roared and stuck out our tongue. But all we're teaching kid, kids to do when we're doing these breathing exercises is we're teaching them how to master or control or be the witness to the breath. So we're observing things from the inside out and tapping into our prana or our life force energy. Another thing that's really interesting is a walking meditation, which I'd like to try with all of you. And this will be a great way to show you um, how to teach in a classroom or a yoga studio, how to teach breath in a really fun way. Remember, yoga is really invaluable health, a healthy tool for body and mind. But a lot of times we do a lot of things seated. There's a um, Buddhist meditation person, and this is great because we're having a little sleepy moment in our group. So we're going to walk like our feet are kissing the earth. Going outside in nature is a really good way to get kids to connect to things. And so what we're going to do is we can walk any way that we want to, but we're going to stand finding that nice second chakra mudra that sacral mudra of placing one hand on top of the other, three fingers below the belly button, touching our thumbs together. Then we're going to walk heel to toe, stepping one foot in front of the other. Your inhale is a lifting up of the foot, and the exhale is a lowering the foot, heel to toe. And we're just going to find a walking meditation, walking around. But what I want you to feel is as you start making your way around the room, walk really fast. Like you're in a busy street, and you're walking, 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 and you're walking so fast. How does that feel with your breathing? And you're bouncing in around people, and you might not be able to see straight because you're looking at your phone, and whoops, 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 and you're walking really fast. How's your breathing? Fast, erratic, shallow, and you sound like a herd of elephants. <laughs> now walk really slow and walk like your feet are kissing the earth. Inhaling as you step up, exhaling as you place one foot down. So it's powerful, effective, slow, and methodical.
know we're doing this exercise fairly fast. Let's take this process and this method of a walking meditation and make your way back to your mat. And feel the positive energy you've created through this basic breath awareness exercise. And notice how you've kind of settled in. You feel a little bit more at ease. That's a valuable lesson to teach a child. To really use the breath to be more present. Thank <laughs> you. 